नमस्ते हेलो एंड वेलकम योर लिसनिंग टू स्टोरीज ऑफ इंडिया रीटोल्ड एंड आई एम यू स्टोरी टेलर निवी विद स्टोरीज फ्रॉम इंडिया टुडे स्टोरी इज अबाउट शकुंतला द स्टोरी ऑफ शकुंतला हैज ऑलरेडी बीन टोल्ड ऑन दिस पॉडकास्ट बिफोर सो वाई अगेन वेल इट वॉज अ लॉन्ग वर्जन एंड आई वॉन्टेड टू टेल अ शॉर्टर एंड होपफुली बेटर वर्जन हियर वी विल ऑल्सो एक्सप्लोर दिस वंडरफुल स्टोरी फ्रॉम अ स्लाइटली डिफरेंट लेंस दैन बिफोर Shakuntala's story has captured the imagination of people for millennia. There are various versions and adaptations of the story, the most famous being a Sanskrit play called Abhijnana Shakuntalam or The Recognition of Shakuntala by the illustrious Sanskrit author Kalidasa who lived in the 4th to 5th century CE and most other adaptations seem to be based on Kalidasa's work. The story of Shakuntala as said in the Mahabharata is the version I like best. Mahabharata Shakuntala is a strong and independent young lady who would not even let the king walk all over her. You might ask why Mahabharata mentions the story of Shakuntala at all? Well, that is because Shakuntala married Dushanta who is the king of Hastinapura and founder of the Paurava dynasty and their son Bharata is one of the most famous rulers and names in the history of ancient India and he founded the Kuru lineage and they were the ancestors of the Kauravas and the Pandavas and this is the story of Shakuntala as told in the Sambhava Parva of the Mahabharata and it all starts with Dushanta's visit to the forest King Dushanta was the young king of Hastinapura. He was known to be a kind and generous king. He was well loved by his subjects and feared by his enemies. He ruled over a kingdom and people that was prosperous and the times were peaceful. One day, the young king Dushanta, who was an avid hunter, decided to go on a hunt. The citizens of Hastinapura watched in awe as their king accompanied by a large hunting party consisting of heavily armed men, horses and elephants set out for a long hunting trip. It was a grand sight. The thick of the forest wasn't exactly a friendly place. It was beautiful, rich with various trees, mountains and valleys, but it was also a tough landscape with rocky, uneven surfaces. Water was scarce and the place was not fit for human habitation but the war roughened Dushanta and his men cared nothing about it they fearlessly advanced deep into the forest and killed all the deer elephants and other wild animals that they could find they did this for days moving from one forest to the next causing quite a carnage in their wake leaving the surviving animals scared and confused They were beginning to get tired but they still pressed on. A hungry and thirsty Dushanta along with a few of his men entered yet another forest and from there they entered the woods which was situated along the banks of the delta of the river Malini. And it was beyond beautiful. Such was the beauty of the woods that it had completely enchanted Dushanta. It was magical with its various flower and fruit bearing trees filled with the sounds of the bees and birds and various animals both predators and prey running around completely unafraid 
Dushanta continued to explore the place and soon he discovered a busy hermitage. The chanting of the ascetics and sages involved in various rituals by the sacrificial fires filled the hermitage. Various groups of sages and students gathered around the hermitage and were involved in the study of the different Vedas and other subjects such as philosophy, theology, spirituality, science and others. When Dushanta found that the hermitage belonged to the great sage Kanva, he decided he must pay him his respects. He asked his men to stay behind and entered the hermitage alone. Finding no one inside, Dushanta called out, Is anyone here? A moment later, a beautiful young lady, garbed in simple ascetic's clothes, entered the room and greeted him. Dushanta told her that he was there to seek sage Kanwa and she informed him that Kanwa was out collecting fruit but would be returning soon and he was welcome to wait for him. Dushanta was curious about the elegant and well-spoken girl in front of him. He wanted to know more about her and so he asked her who she was. She told him that she was Shakuntala, the daughter of sage Kanwa. Dushanta was surprised because it was a well-known fact that sage Kanwa was an ascetic and he followed rigid vows, which included a vow of celibacy. The fact that he had a daughter did not add up. When he asked Shakuntala about it, she told him about the circumstances of her birth and how she became Kanwa's daughter. There was a sage named Vishwamitra. He was a very powerful sage and he actually was king before he decided to become a rishi. He was well respected and also feared because of how powerful he was and also because he had a terrible temper. One time he was involved in intense austerities and during this period of learning he was getting more and more powerful. When news of said austerities reached the king of gods Indra, he began to worry that Vishwamitra would amass powers with which he would be able to remove Indra from his position as the king of gods. Due to his insecurities, Indra decided that Vishwamitra must be stopped. He decided that he would make Vishwamitra give up his austerities by providing him with the distraction and once that happens, Vishwamitra will have lost all the gains he had made. Indra decided Menaka would be that distraction. Menaka was a celestial apsara in the court of Indra. Apsaras were spirits of the waters and clouds who lived in the palaces of gods and as such their position in the court was dependent on the gods' grace and in case of Menaka, Indra's grace. Indra summoned Menaka and explained the situation to her. You must distract him by seducing him. He told her. Menaka was horrified by Indra's instructions. Vishwamitra's anger was legendary and it was commonly known that it was unwise to risk his wrath. She told Indra as much but since she had no option but to do as asked by Indra, she asked him to help her achieve her task. And so Indra asked Marut, the wind god, to help Menaka distract Vishwamitra from his austerities. Menaka went to the hermitage where Vishwamitra was deep in meditation. She positioned herself to make sure he would see her when he opened his eyes and when he did, 
Marut, the wind god, made the wind blow, which took Menaka's white garment with it. Vishwamitra was smitten the moment he saw Menaka, and thus, as Indra had hoped and predicted, he abandoned his austerities and began an affair with the beautiful Menaka. The affair was short-lived, but it resulted in the birth of a baby girl. Having achieved her mission, Menaka had to return back to Indra's court. She abandoned the baby on the banks of the river Malini and that is where Kanva found the baby girl. When Kanva saw her first, she was surrounded by vultures which stood around her protecting her from other predators who lived in the area. Kanva took the baby girl home and named her Shakuntala after the Shakuna or vultures who protected her. And that is how my father said I became his daughter and he my father, Shakuntala revealed to Dushanta. By the time Shakuntala finished relating the story of her birth to Dushanta, he was completely in love with her. She was beautiful, elegant and well-spoken. Dushanta was so taken with her, he wanted to marry her immediately. Be my wife, let us have a Gandharva marriage, he said referring to the type of marriage when two consenting people decide to enter a marriage on their own without express permission or the presence of family members. Shakuntala hesitated. You must ask my father first. He will be back soon, she said. But Dushanta did not want to wait. And he wanted Shakuntala to make the decision to marry him on her own because he believed that the Gandharva way of marriage was the most special type of marriage because it was based on love. Our ancestors have said time and again that among the eight different types of marriage, Gandharva marriage is the best type of marriage, said Dushanta and urged Shakuntala to accept him as her husband. Shakuntala considered Dushanta's proposal. She wasn't indifferent to Dushanta and wanted to marry him but she had concerns about marrying him without the permission of her father. I would like to make my own decisions and I want to marry you. However, before I agree to your proposal, I have a few conditions of my own, she said. You have to give me your word that the son born to me will be your successor. I agree to your conditions, said Dushanta without a moment's hesitation. He added, I will also take you back to Hastinapura and you will live with me, as you should as my wife. And thus, Shakuntala and Dushanta were married following the Gandharva rituals of marriage. But soon, the young lovers were to be separated because Dushanta had to return to Hastinapura. Before leaving, he once again promised Shakuntala that he would soon come for her and she would go to the capital in style, accompanied by his infantry, cavalry, elephants and chariots. Dushanta did worry about Kanwa's reaction when he found out about what they had done, because Kanwa still hadn't returned when Dushanta left and he hadn't had a chance to speak with him. Dushanta needn't have worried too much because when Kanva returned back to the hermitage shortly after Dushanta's departure and he figured out what had happened between Shakuntala and Dushanta, he was rather pleased with the outcome. Seeing that his daughter was feeling ashamed about her decision, Kanva sought to calm her fears and doubts. 
There is nothing wrong with two consenting people marrying each other without the presence of the elders or mantras. Moreover, Dushanta is an eligible man and he is well respected by everyone. I accept your marriage to Dushanta. Kanwa said, As a wedding gift, Kanwa also gave Shakuntala a boon. Shakuntala asked that the kings of the Puru lineage always be righteous, noble and victorious. Some time had passed since Dushanta had left Shakuntala with the promise that he would come back for her. He was yet to come for her and Shakuntala was pregnant with Dushanta's child. She gave birth to a healthy baby boy and they continued to live in Kanwa's hermitage. Six years had passed. There was still no sight of Dushanta. Shakuntala's son had grown into a strong young boy. He was a big boy. He was incredibly strong and afraid of nothing. He played with the wild animals near the hermitage. He captured wild animals like the lions, tigers and elephants. He chased them around, he tamed them and played with them. He even rode them. Because he tamed everything, he was named Sarvadamana, the one who subjugated everything. Kanwa decided that Shakuntala had waited long enough and because her son was growing quickly, he needed to be with his father as well. Kanwa told Shakuntala that it was time for her to go to her husband. He asked his trusted disciples to accompany Shakuntala and her son to Hastinapura. When they arrived at Hastinapura, they sought and received audience with Dushanta in his court. Shakuntala told Dushanta that she was here with their son and he needed to now keep his promise and instate him as his heir apparent. What promise? Dushanta asked. I don't know who you are and I have no son by you. I want nothing to do with you. Dushanta spoke harshly. Shakuntala was stunned into silence. She had not expected to be humiliated thus by the person she had loved and married. But as she stood there, ashamed, in front of all the people of the court, her heart turned into anger. She wanted to lash out at the king for the injustice he was doing her, but she collected her thoughts and spoke calmly but firmly. Are you uttering these falsehoods because you think no one will know? Because you will know, as will God, as will the stars and the elements we are surrounded by. As your wife, I deserve to be treated with respect and kindness. A wife is the one who provides the son that a man needs to be his heir and to save his lineage. She is his partner who is there with him through everything he will face in life. She helps to bring joy and happiness in his life. For these reasons and more, even in the most difficult situations, one must never be unkind to his wife. Shakuntala berated him for refusing to acknowledge their son who would continue his lineage. How can you abandon a child who is your own? She asked. Even ants carry their eggs and do not break them, she told him. First, I was carelessly abandoned by my own mother, Menaka. Now you abandon me. It must be the punishment of my past sins. I will accept it and return to the hermitage. But you cannot abandon this innocent child, Shakuntala stated. Dushanta continued to deny any relation to her and to humiliate her in front of everyone. He called her a liar and an opportunist. 
He disparaged her ascetic clothes and insulted her parentage, even calling her mother a courtesan. Look at your son. Look how big and strong he is. If he is as old as you say he is, then how is he so big? You speak only lies and it shows your lowly birth. Go away, he said. If you want to decide my worth according to my birth, know that my blood is nobler than yours. Menaka is one of 30 gods and she travels the sky, so can I. My birth is much more superior than yours, Shakuntala said. Shakuntala called Dushanta small-minded and likened him to a fool who prefers to find faults and evil in others rather than identify the good in them. You are a king and yet you break your oath by speaking lies. I cannot abide by those who do not care for the truth. I could never be with someone who speaks lies and refuses to trust my words. I'm leaving. But when you're gone, my son will be king. She declared and got ready to leave. Just as she was about to leave, an Akashavani, which was a celestial voice from the sky, stopped her in her tracks. Shakuntala tells the truth. The voice boomed loud enough for every advisor, minister, priest, preceptor and other persons present in the court. The voice told Dushanta to do the right thing and to accept Shakuntala and her son. Your son will be called Bharata because you will maintain him because of what happened today, the voice declared. Surprisingly, Dushanta seemed delighted by the announcement. He turned to the people in the court and declared, You've heard the messenger of the gods himself. This woman is my wife and this boy is my son. I of course knew of it right from the beginning, but if I accepted him right away, there would be those in the court who would not accept my words as truth and would not fully accept Bharata as my rightful heir, he explained. Dushanta went to Bharata and hugged him affectionately. Next he went to Shakuntala and explained to her why he didn't immediately accept her. and had to lie about their relationship i did it to make sure people would accept you and my son without reservations he told her and thus shakuntala and dushanta were reunited and as promised bharata was instated as dushanta's heir and he ruled the kingdom after dushanta and this is the story of shakuntala as told in the mahabharata That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed the stories here on this podcast, please consider sharing it with your friends and family. As always, find the links for the podcast in the show notes. I hope to see you here next time. Dhanyavaad. Thank you.